Happy Halloween! We're celebrating Halloween by discussing our top five favorite Halloween Horror Nights houses from 2015 through 2019 on this week's episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. This is episode 277 of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. The Diz Unplugged Universal Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect universal vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and this week we're going to have a ton of fun. There isn't really any news to report on this week. Rumors are swirling, though, that Beetlejuice could open up for one day only on November 1st, so that could make for a very fun episode 278 if I have the chance to experience the Beetlejuice house that we would have had for Halloween Horror Nights 30. And unfortunately, episode 279 about what you need to know for your upcoming trip to Volcano Bay this winter has been canceled since we are now just days away from Volcano Bay's seasonal closure that will begin November 2nd. Now, none of that is important because today's episode is a fun one and features the return of Rhino Clavin after his brief hiatus from the show. And we are going to discuss our favorite Halloween Horror Nights houses from the years 2015 through 2019. Those, of course, are Halloween Horror Nights 25 through 29. And then also we do talk briefly about the announcement of next year's first house, Puppet Theater Captive Audience. So, let's jump into it. We are going to talk about Halloween Horror Nights. And, of course, 2020 just wasn't really the same because we didn't have actual Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, Of course, we did have the special little event that Universal put together where, where we had some daytime houses open up, including Revenge of the Tooth Fairy and Universal Monsters. The Bride of Frankenstein lives along with with other little entertaining aspects like the 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 uh, scarecrow scavenger hunt uh, specialty food and beverage and more. But we are also eager to look forward now to 2021, and we actually already know our first house that will be coming to Halloween Horror Nights in 2021. It was just released very recently. It was leaked first, but then uh, officially announced in a video by Halloween Horror Nights, and that is Puppet Theater Captive Audience coming to to Halloween Horror Nights in 2021. And uh, did did you see the announcement, Rhino? Oh yes, they. I, I watched the video. It looked really cool. Yeah, it, it did look really cool. It featured Mike Aiello, of course, the one of the uh, biggest faces and names behind Halloween Horror Nights for for many many years. And then Greg Nicotero was there too for some reason. And then if you've been listening to some of the Universal episodes that I've put out recently, you might have heard the one that I, I did an interview with Charles Gray from the HHN team. He was also in that video too, and they went through the 
the the house that we're going to get to see next year that is basically a puppet theater come to life, bringing all different uh, types of puppetry into the real world, and it looks super creepy. So I'm not gonna yeah. I'm not gonna spoil it, but I am very excited about it. It looked like it would have been amazing if we would have got a chance to do it this year. I love that. Um, I wish they, cause they, uh, they've done a video like this before that you, they used to play inside of the queue of whatever, mm-hmm. whatever the house would be where you waited for Shrek. And I, Shrek, yep. and I, I wish that, um, they had put that, that video out as well. I, I mean, maybe it's on YouTube somewhere, but I, I love when they do these types of things where they get that kind of a little bit more in depth look at how they plan the houses and what goes into it because it really lets you see with the lights on, like what, uh, you know, in a, I should say with a brighter light, um, what like goes into like, for me specifically, I thought the masks when they were talking about how they made the masks and everything looked really cool for the puppet. It, puppet yeah, it was a very cool behind the scenes look. And we will, of course, have a link in the description. So that way you can, you can watch that and, and get a glimpse of it. But we're not here to talk about 2021. We're not here to talk today about Revenge of the Tooth Fairy and, and Universal Monsters Bride of Frankenstein lives. We love those houses. And I think we've talked about them quite a bit now over, uh, over the past couple weeks, months. It feels like it's been around for months now. I think it's been around for months, but we've talked about it. So we don't need to rehash that. But one of the things I did want to talk about since we didn't have an event in 2020 is let's look back at the last five years before what would have been this year's event. So let's look at let's look at 2015 to 2019. And Rhino and I are each going to say what our top five houses were for those five years and and really uh, take a walk down memory lane, you could say. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope that we all have fun. But uh, Rhino, the question is do you want to go first or do you want me to go first and did you actually order yours particularly or is it just in random order well my number one house is definitely it's like in a general order i would say it's not super strict my number one house is definitely my favorite house of halloween horror nights for sure gotcha um but other than that yeah the other ones are more like just kind of a general order, I guess. Uh, no, you know what? I guess I did label them. Okay. I, I'm sorry. I keep second guessing myself. I'm looking at it and I'm like, no, this is kind of actually correct, I think. Okay. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go oh. first. I, I, I'd say like a lot of times when I think of Halloween Horror Nights, I, I this was really tough for me. I told you there were 27 houses on my list because I went through year by year, basically wrote down every house where I'm like, okay, I remember this house. I very, you know, I have very distinct like, like, uh, uh, body collectors recollections i very much remember like walking up to this house and it like snowing and being cold and it looking really cool but i was like well i don't know what it's like in i can't remember inside of the house really other than you were in a house and like so for me the one that i very distinctly remember being like okay this is a cool house i like how you go through this i remember getting scared i remember you getting scared in this house is Halloween Hell Comes to Haddonfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was when they did, that was the second time they had done the Halloween house because um, I I remember having gone the first time because they, they had built the house and you walked in. And this time you started the scene going through the closet. 
And I always, I really re- like, I remember that. I remember like the whole hospital scene, like with him dunking the person in acid. And I remember like one of the trick or treaters scared you at one point and you don't get scared very easily in these houses. <laughs> and, um, I just, I remember like going through this house multiple times, but also being very scared kind of every time I went through. So I, I feel like it had to be on my list somewhere. Yeah, this was in uh, 2016 for HHN 26, and I, I I still have it fresh in my memory because when we started uh, quarantine and stay at home, this was one of the videos that I finally edited together and put up on YouTube. And I think the thing that really uh, shocked my memory in it was just how often Michael Myers popped up in this house. He was yeah. like everywhere in it, and. Uh, like there was times where I was just watching our raw footage. Of course, we only release highlights of the houses as for as per Universal's request. But there was like times just watching the raw footage where it's like he even in a room where it wasn't designed to like get you from right, left, and right, he would still be there like three times within a couple yards of each other. So he was just all over the place. It was a really scary house, and it, it's one that I was. Very, very fond of. I've loved all three iterations of the Halloween houses that I've been able to see. Of course, the original in 2014 was my favorite, but. Oh, so good. Yeah. Hell comes like, to I, st- I still think about enough. when she's in the car and yeah. like, the, or the phone cord and stuff. There were so many good iconic scenes in that. But uh, yeah, Hell comes to Haddonfield. I, I remember just, I, I think it's the closet and like the yelling of like, I shot him. I shot him. Whatever. Two times, three times. I forget what he says, but yeah, it, I, it, you're right. It was the way that the story just picked right up. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it would have been. I, I should have looked back at my footage from the original house and tried to like sync it with with the the next house to see if it actually if it actually lined up as well too. Because it it felt like it. It felt like all those memories you had of that first Halloween house and leaving it at the very end, it felt like it did pick right back up as soon as you walked into the Halloween two house. And, and I even, I know when we were talking about like what we would love to have seen from uh, HHN 2020 way back when, I think at the beginning of the year, uh, or it was even last year, I, I think one of my, wants was to see a a Halloween house from the 2018 movie. And I still want to see that one day, but uh, I, it's just, even if the, the movies aren't great, Michael Myers is just such a good character. Oh, I I rewatched the, I rewatched the 2018 one while we were in quarantine. And I was like, this movie's great. I, I really, I'm going to be honest. I haven't seen a lot of the original ones. So, I mean, I've seen the original one and I've seen the new, the new one, the 2018 one. And I was like, it does feel like he's come almost become like a staple that I associate with Halloween Horror Nights. So I'm, that's why I would, I would have loved to have seen that in 2020. Yeah. It, I, I would have been okay with that. And, I'm going to go with my pick next, and I got very quiet when you mentioned it in our little pre-chat because I knew I was going to talk about it, but my number five pick is probably the house that I've done potentially more than any other house ever at Halloween Horror Nights, and that was from Halloween Horror Nights 25, and the house I'm talking about was Run, Blood, Sweat, and Fears. Yeah. And this house was, it was back in the old disaster queue when they used to have 
the houses back there. And basically, uh, this house was like, it was loosely based on the running man, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. Mm-hmm. And cause it's the same idea where we're contestants going into this game show where there's groups, it, uh, pairings of different bad people who are trying to hunt us down as we go in from room to room. There's uh, chainsaw people. There was the, um, uh, there was like the Japanese style looking oh, yeah. girls in there. There was uh, gladiators in there. There was the, the girls that were like almost looked like Harley Quinn knockoffs. Like I think they're, I think it was peppermint candy or something was their names with it and you just it was a very simple premise it didn't have it honestly should not have had a lot of repeatability in that like each room housed basically two scare actors and they were in the same places every single time so you knew after doing it once you knew where everyone was going to be but it was everything that went into this this house is what made me love it. I love The Running Man. It is such a dumb movie, but oh yeah, it's the concept of it is great. So, so just the concept of the house is fun. In the queue on the the show building for Disaster, they would play the the like basically the eighties style um, video showing like off the different contestants who were taking place in it the different uh the different people you would see as scare actors in the house so it was that total package you had the story being told to you before you went in the house and then you went through the house and and you had you had the music blaring as you're going in it just everything everything about it worked so well and and it was funny because you you mentioned right right before we got started here that it was it was one of your your friends very first houses that we went through and i I will never forget how terrified she was at the end of it (laughs) she she was like i was like oh i thought she was gonna have just like a mental breakdown like she basically wouldn't go in any other houses the rest of that time but she like tried again next year and now she's like an avid hhn person like she like she came down and did the two houses this year and she's she comes every year now and goes to every house and so i but i distinctly remember that cue too like having the movie playing like on the side of the building being like projected and playing and then right it was projected yep or am i getting that okay and then um like i remember the plastic tarps that hang down that are now part of our regular lives because that's how they they like if you go to the go to the doctors or like the dentist they had those up everywhere and i was like good this is just like that halloween horror nights house yeah so yeah I, i i do i do really like this one too it was it was a fun one but what's your number four um, my number four is also one that I often I often think back where I was like, I like it. And it's funny because I was talking to somebody recently and they were like, no, that house wasn't any good. And I was like, what? Um, I really enjoyed Scary Tales from 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought I thought it was like a fun twist on all these like different types of fairy tales. I think I just I keep thinking about how like the Wicked Witch was like flying when you would because you would enter in um, through like basically her scene but because the story was that she had like kidnapped and tortured the characters from your classic fairy tales right wasn't that it or something yeah something like so you're going through like i remember the rapunzel room had all like the the hair and then like it i just i really enjoyed 
how that house kind of took just something so classic and basic and just twisted it so well. And it, and you know, it, it, you very clearly like knew every fairy tale that you were in. And it's one of the reasons why I think I really enjoy um the uh tooth fairy house this year the revenge of the tooth fairy because it's something where it's like that's this classic like bedtime story folklore you know sort of a thing and then it just gets like twisted and i i think that makes it like kind of extra scary because it makes you like oh yeah these are stories from when i was like a kid it's like you're you know the good dreams becoming nightmares sort of a sort of a scenario I, yeah. I just think about it a lot so i that's why i have it written down because i was like i always very distinctly remember that house yeah, the the Wicked Witch definitely was the most iconic part of that house with right as, as you enter in and the first facade with her floating all around the room. And then there was the one strobe moment right at mm-hmm. the the very end of the house, too. But yeah, it was it was just a nice blending of all of these different properties that on their own, they could have made a very interesting house. If if you would have said, okay, we want to take the story of of Rapunzel, let's say, and mm-hmm. give her her own full house. Yeah, it could be a great house that way. But as an anthology and just bringing together these different stories, giving their, their, them their moment to shine and look the best in that way. I, I think that was a really effective, effective way to to branch out on scary tales and continue with that franchise and that was a fun house that was a really really fun house yeah it was um that one was scary tales deadly ever after too i guess because that was like was that related to another house maybe or something like that and that's why i like i didn't necessarily know the original but you didn't you didn't like really have to um but yeah i i really enjoyed that one i think also i went into that one quite a bit because it was like not uh, it was one of the ones that i think was open earlier so you could just kind of like scoot on over and go into it um because that is yes it was because i i have another one from that year on my list so i'll stop talking yeah i I do too i I, they might be in close to close closely similar spots but well we'll we'll see I just had a Google search really quick what the other fairy tale ones were in there because I was like, I remember it It was Humpty Dumpty. That was the really cool part of that house, too. Yeah, it was The Little Mermaid was the underwater one I couldn't think of. Correct. And uh, that was 28, right? Uh, Yeah, 2018. Yep. Okay. Well, my number four house is – what did I list as number four here? I apologize. Oh, my number four house is actually what I believe – Unfortunately, no, I, I, sorry, I reorganized my list at the very last second. My number four house was from last year, 2019. And this one is, I feel, I, I know we raved about it all last year when we, we were discussing it. And ultimately why I keep coming back to it is because it was one of the most Halloween-esque houses of any any oh, years I, I of HHN and so because of that uh my my number 4 choice was graveyard games from yeah that's a good one 2019 and again a very simple concept teens in the graveyard and uh unfortunately the graveyard is not it's not just your average graveyard where the dead are are laying in peace no of course there are ghosts that start terrorizing the teens and we see how we see their story play out 
as they're posting on social media all the way through. But it essentially, it brought to life that idea of you go into a graveyard on Halloween and expect to see ghosts. And that's what this was. And, and there was a lot of, there was lots of little of the boo holes where characters could pop out from down below, from the side. It just, it packed in, it packed in scares. And I just, I, I don't know, something about it just to me, it, it always felt like the Halloweens that I wanted. I don't know if that came like from watching, watching Hocus Pocus growing up and knowing that like, okay, graveyards at Halloween, that's, that's the perfect combination. But something about it every time I went through, through the house, it just, it felt like the definition of Halloween, at least the Halloween in my mind. And, uh, it ultimately, you know, it still might be a little too soon to say that I'll care about it like I do right now in another five years, but I, I love that house. It was a, it was a stellar house last year. Yeah, I, I definitely went through this house quite a bit. Um, and I agree that I like this enough that this honestly could have been on my list. Um, I mean, I wrote it down when I was, I, it's obviously like on my piece of paper. So it made a list, but, um, I do like, I was worried, like, am I just thinking about it a lot because it was the house I went to so much last year because, um, but it was also a really long house too. So Mm -hmm. it was like, you were getting a really long story. Like I, I, I loved how that story unfolded too. And I, and I enjoy so much like that they would kind of change up how the scares were going throughout the season because then you had that one character who would come out. Like you, everybody kind of jumps out, but then this one character started coming out like on his knees to swipe mm-hmm. at you. And mm-hmm. I remember that very specifically being really scary. And then also when you're in like the long mausoleum part and like the flickering light, like candles and stuff. And there was a lot of like, it's like what you said. It's a classic scary setting that is already uneasy. And I feel like they just did it so well. And it was really cool to kind of see where the teenagers who had been through the house where they would like how their bodies we'd find them or whatever with like the cell phones, um, you know, holding up and all that sort of stuff. But I, I would love to go through this house. This was one of those great houses where you knew how scary it was and having somebody in front of you not know was always such a treat in that, in that one. It absolutely, absolutely was. So what's your number three? My number three, I I have this on here because I do really enjoy it. I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I always like when they do this sort of a house. I have American Werewolf in London um, because I really enjoy the puppetry they did in this scene. I remember th- this was also like kind of the first year I really went extensively. Like I have been before working for the Diz, but this was the one where I was like, I, I went through this house more than once and I... I still honestly think it was so cool to see the scene where he's transforming into the werewolf, like with your own eyes, like that was right out of the movie. And, and I remember like the subway scene um, and how, how they kind of did, they were, they were doing a lot of different types of uh, scares beyond the puppets. And I thought that was really cool and inventive. And I thought it did the movie justice, but this was also a return of that house, right? Cause you, yes, it, it, it was at another year as well, wasn't it? 
It was 2013. And then for obviously it came back in 25 for the big anniversary year. And I believe that was the very first time they ever completely replicated a house. Of course, they've done sequels and such, but that was the first year that it was a complete replica of the 2013 house. And that's the only thing that kept it off my list oh, is that okay. it to me. You always, you, we dream of these houses being able to come back and like, oh, yeah. if only we could have this over and over and over again every year. Like, like a lot of other theme parks and stuff that hold Halloween events do. They reuse the houses. I, I, I really wanted it with, with Werewolf after 2013. And then 2015, it was such a spectacular year that then Werewolf ended up to me that year being one of the lower ones because it just never quite, never quite captured that magic that it had in 2013 but i think that's because like 2013 it was it was the shocking standout house yeah. and you know it was they have done a lot of marvelous adaptations of movies at hhn and i there are you know it's Krampus is a great example of that. And mm -hmm. we're going to talk about probably, we already talked about Halloween. I think we're going to talk at least about one more, maybe two. And, uh, it, to me though, like at, with American Werewolf in London, that, that almost felt better than sitting down and watching the movie because it really did feel like you are living that story. And it's yeah. an amazing movie, but that house, you were living in it. So it's very, very cool. It was also my, I think my first experience with that type of a house, like very in a memorable setting, like where it being very much like, okay, this is like, like you said, moving through the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I agree. My number three house, I'm going to, I'm going to keep up with the movie trend and I'm going to just rip the bandaid off of this one. It's, I think it might be your number one house, but I'm I, not positive on it. It, could be, yeah. It's uh, my number three house was also from 2018, not 20, <laughs> not 28, 20. Well, yeah, actually, sorry, 28. It is, yeah. I didn't even realize they were always the number. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I thought in my head I was saying 208, and I'm like, no, 2018, not 2008. From HHN 28, my third favorite house of those five years was Poltergeist. And I don't, don't give it up where it's on your list yet. And uh, we'll we'll get to it. I'll just talk about. I know it is on your list. Can oh you yeah, it definitely. Okay. Is. Yeah. Oh yeah. So 100%. I'll I'll let you talk about it when we get to to your time with it, since we know it's coming up. But uh, for mine, I I genuinely do believe, with the exception of maybe Halloween, that first Halloween house, I think that Poltergeist is probably the best, the best house based on a movie that they've ever done i don't even really love poltergeist as a movie i didn't watch it as a kid i didn't discover it until i was uh, i want to say college and in more of adult age so something about it never really it never really blew me away as a movie so then the fact that the house basically took a rough idea of the movie brought brought some of the iconic scenes you know the tree attacking the actual house and um and you know some some of the other uh the amazing moments in the movie just bringing it bringing it to life in that way it was it it just nailed it but then it also did twist it like other houses did did before like shining and exorcist where it was okay 
here's this house, but just on a different perspective than, than you've seen it before. And I just, I feel like what they did with it was just after years of practicing these movie houses, this was like, this was the culmination of everything they learned. And the fact that it was one of those houses that drastically changed based on what time of day you went in. Cause like we would go do it mm-hmm. for stay and scream every single time. And you'd walk in and as soon as the rain started hitting you as you were going down under into the uh, pool and you just couldn't see anything in those first scenes. And you knew, we knew from like our, our first night at the media tour that there was like skeletons and, and characters in the first parts of the maze, but you just could not see them at all when you would walk in from the daylight. But if you did go at night, then all of a sudden you saw everything so vividly. And I love a house that is like that too, that it, it does change pretty drastically. So, uh, for me, it's just, it's one that I will remember forever. And like I felt about American Werewolf. I would hope that one day they'd maybe bring it back on a twist, but uh, I, I also don't need it to. It it was perfect as it was. I I have thought like if they would ever do the second one, it, mm. it, it like I've I've thought about that, but the second one is so much more like it's bizarre. So it's like I don't know that it would tell a story. It's just it's not as good as the first movie, obviously, but it's you know it's good enough that there's three of them. Yeah. So. I don't know, you know, or the spinoff. Maybe they would do not the spinoff. It's like the remake, but not really a remake because they're not really named the same people, but the same things happen. So I don't yeah. know. No. Weird. But what's your number two? My number two is Ghostbusters. I even mm-hmm. have my little like my cup from that year right here with me, sipping out of my water. But um I gotta I know that a lot of people don't think Ghostbusters was like the scariest house in the world. I mean, I still would get scared. Slimer popping out of the wall used to scare me. The terror dog scared me. But uh, Ghostbusters was is has such a strong association with Universal Studios, I feel like, because of, you know, they had the attraction there. And so like I used to go to Universal when I was a kid and I very much like I loved Ghostbusters. I mean, I still love Ghostbusters. You can't see it, but there is literally a proton. Uh, the wand is above my head behind me here. The that just came out. Um, and I, I, I just, I love it so much. And I've always loved it. And I remember like when I was a little kid, there was like scary episodes of the show when they had to like fight the boogeyman and stuff. And I, it was like, I feel like the, the idea of, uh, like you said, when they perfected, like being able to walk through a movie, I feel like that continued on with Ghostbusters where they were like, we're going to tell this story where we have, where it is like a fun and it's in that venue or, or, or that idea of it being like you're at a fun sleepover, you know, watching like this, these scary movies. And even though nobody associates Ghostbusters as being scary, it's got scary elements. I mean, it's ghosts and, and demons and stuff like that. And I just think that, um, I, I just, I remember the feeling that night when we walked out of it and like, I texted my mom and I was like, I just had like the uh, best experience through a house I think I've ever had. And like being like emotional at being like, wow, I just got to be in Ghostbusters, which is insane because that's like a, I, something I never thought, you know, would happen. And I think they just did such a good job with that house that I kept hoping that I mean, we'll never know. I was hoping that in 2020 they would have another Ghostbusters house. And and like you said, not like the first one, but either it's the second one or maybe it's the new movie that was supposed to come out or something. So there's there's always hope for next year, I guess. But I just 
I, I I loved it because it had all the fun of it and it had like those moments that you wanted it to have. And yeah. I, so I will always forever be so happy that I got to have that experience at Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, I I did really love Ghostbusters as a fun house. And and to me, I think there are there is a place for the fun houses at Halloween Horror Nights and you know, last year it might have been a little bit too much having Ghostbusters and Killer Clowns. That kind of just it—it it was a lot, a lot of fun in that way. And then even you know, Stranger Things not being too scary. Say, that yeah. also, that also didn't help with it too. But uh, Ghostbusters was was spot on, and the casting in that house was was just second to none for for a lot of those iconic characters, like how. How how do you get people to not just not just look close to Bill Murray and and the other Ghostbusters, but how do you also get them to have that like same swagger? I mean, that's where the acting part really comes into it, and and like the the people who played Rick Moranis in the house, like it's a, it's like every single time, it's like that could have been Rick Moranis. That could have yeah. been a young Rick Moranis right there. So I, I think there was a lot to love about that house. And I would, I would be more than game for them to try to, to go down the Ghostbusters road again one day, because I think, I think all the elements are there for, for perfect, perfect houses. But my number two is also from last year. That's right. Two for 2019. And we have a lot of 2019 on our, our list here. Uh, mostly thanks to me, but my number two house, of course, is Universal Monsters. And mm. this just, it, it, it is because it's Universal Monsters. And, uh, since I started attending Halloween Horror Nights in 2011, there had been one monster house, I think that was in 2012. And then there was some monsters in, in the, uh, in the 25 years of monsters and mayhem house. But then this was like the next reemergence of universal embracing their monsters. And like the only other time I think you can kind of qualify it was the year that they had Dracula untold, which, uh, well, (laughs) Dracula untold. What a, what an experiment, but uh, with universal monsters, it just, it, it had everything. The, the first room you walk into where you see the, the stone statues of the monsters that you're about to meet as you go throughout the house and then giving each monster a little bit of time to shine. The Wolfman, uh, the Hunchback, of course, Frankenstein's monster and in the Bride of Frankenstein, as well as, as creature from the Black Lagoon. They're, they're all there. And it just, it, it just felt like a love letter to these monsters. And even though they were a stylized version and they're not, they're not the classic characters that you're used to seeing in the movies. If you go back and watch all the original universal monster movies, but they're just, they're so close to them that it's okay. They don't, they, they don't need to be the exact old black and white ones. They've, they've tried that before. And this was just a nice modernization of these monsters in a really, really scary house especially that last room where 
every turn you took was just another monster popping out at you. Yeah. And even when you were in your normal conga line for HHN, it felt like they had the timing down every single time that that you always got to see that monster popping out at you. And and I just I I miss that house so much. That was my one two punch with with Graveyard Games. A good day at HHN last year was if I get to do those two houses back to back. I'm fine. I didn't need anything else. I think Universal Monsters for me was kind of like an underdog, like a house that I didn't expect much from. And then like, it was great. It was it's so much so to the point that, you know, again, this is another house that could have easily been on my list um, because like you said, the timing was so good. Like I actually I have a memory. I brought my friend CJ who would get so scared, but like he got scared just right by the bride right when we were exiting. And I will forever have this memory of him just being stuck in place and screaming so loud as she screamed at him and it just like i literally will start laughing randomly and have to text him about it because i just have this memory of him just screaming but like that kind of like frozen in place screaming and like it 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 was so good and that's why i was so happy to see that we got that kind of uh you know she got her own like sequel house uh, this year with um the uh, what is it my god Universal, Universal Monsters, Monster. The Bride of Frankenstein the, Lives. The Bride of Frankenstein Lives. I was like, The Bride Lives doesn't sound correct. Um, but no, I, I, I just, I, that house was a lot of fun. I'm a big Wolfman fan and I feel like I really enjoyed the, it's like what you said. I, I didn't mind the, I loved the interpretations of, of all that stuff. I thought like the hunchback was really cool, um, scene in there too. If you got it just right where he kind of the, came down with the, the bell and, yeah. um, yeah, it was just it was uh it, it, that was a really good house. That was one where it like would start raining and I'd be like I'm not moving. I'm waiting for this house. <laughs> yes. I I agree with everything that you said. So that means your number 1 is pretty obvious because yeah. well, there's only one left and you said it was on your list, so Yeah. It, it's Poltergeist. Poltergeist. Yeah, it, it's it's this house is clear. Um, <laughs> I I just love um, like I had seen Poltergeist when I was a kid. I think like it used to be on TV on like USA all the time during the day. The different ones were because I remember Carol Ann. Um, but I I it's like what you said earlier. This is like the perfect version, the perfect combination of having you step through the movie, but not necessarily sequentially, but still, and then also having really cool and interesting interpretations of very classic and iconic scenes. And I like, I bought the movie last year and I have probably watched it six times since then. I've already watched it once this year. Like it's one of those movies that is so unique to the time that it came out that like, I, I, I watch it and I'm just like, I don't know that we'd get the same type of movie today, which is wrong because we actually kind of did with Insidious, which I feel like is basically kind of a modern day remake of, of, um, of Poltergeist. And I actually have a star next to Insidious on my list as like being an honorable mention for me because I do very specifically really enjoyed the process of going through that house as well. But, um, I, yeah, Pol- uh, Poltergeist, though, like, I just, I, again, like, going through that house, like, it was so long, too. It was such a long story. And, like, specifically when you're going through, like, Caroline's, like, room with all the sheets everywhere, I I remember being like, I don't know 
what who's behind where or what's going on and where the demon is anymore or any of that stuff and and then when you think you're done you still have like another scene with the clown everywhere and the, the tree and i just i love I love a house that has good iconic like moments that you can quote later. And yeah, I know this one took from the movies, but I just loved coming in through the pool where it rains. Cause it's, you know, we've, we've said so many times that we love the house where it'll be like snow or something mm-hmm. like that, but going through the pool, like being hit with that cold rain and just hearing like a wannabe Craig T. Nelson being like, you move the bodies, but you, di- or you move the headstones, but you <laughs> didn't move the bodies. Like it's just so. It's something that's just so, I, I don't know. And, and like Poltergeist is Steven Spielberg too. So it's like, you know, or at least he wrote it. I know he didn't direct it. It was Todd Hooper, right? Who did Texas yes. Chainsaw Massacre, but, but like it's still kind of one of those where it belongs. It felt like it, it belonged at Universal. And I just, I, I'm, I'm telling you that like you've said it before, like that is one of those houses where I really kind of long to experience it again. I, yeah. And I think you, uh, what you said about Insidious, I, I am right on the point with you. And I almost had Insidious on this list. Yeah. I, and I started thinking about it. Like, I remember the house and I remember key moments, but then I started like blending it. Like, do I remember the movie more than I yeah. do the house? And that's what's screwing me up because I do. I, I like Insidious one and two. And I mean, I, I stuck with that series through through three just going completely off the rails and then four i still with haven't the seen key. the other two yeah. i uh, i mean to me they're all entertaining yeah number one is obviously the the highlight of that entire series but yeah it was that was a good house and it is a spiritual successor in a way to to uh the to the poltergeist not the poltergeist it's uh, there we go again adding the to everything in front of it it's it's the poltergeist uh but that is obviously not my number one house because i had that at number three my number one house i am just slightly uh if you're watching this you can see i have a 25 sticking up just uh, over uh, into the screen. And that is because my number one choice is from Halloween Horror Nights 25 in 2015. And that is obviously Jack presents 25 years of monsters and mayhem. The anniversary house for 2015, where you just took all of the greatest hits of Halloween Horror Nights original concepts and throw them together into one house. And I think the reason why this house still sticks with me so many years later is because this this year is where I went I truly went from being a casual I was a casual fan in 21. I liked it and I would go after my shifts at work, but I wasn't like diehard obsessed. And then 22, it was I went only a handful of times. I wasn't in love with that year, but you know, it's still good. 23 and 24 is when I started attending a lot more, but then 25 I feel like is when I became finally ingrained 
enough in this. I finally understood enough about Halloween Horror Nights. And then everything I didn't know, I felt like this house ended up filling in the gaps. It it really taught me all about the icons. It taught me about about Jack and and, and the event in general, just because it was featuring all the icons, of course. But it taught me about Jack. It taught me about caretaker, storyteller, and so having them weaved throughout this house did a big part of it. But then beyond that, it represented all these past houses. Some of them I was lucky enough to see. Since I only started going in 2011, I saw I had already been through the Forsaken, uh, Dead End, and Gothic, and Nightingale's Blood Prey. Not Nightingale's Blood Pit. Ugh. We both agreed that would be on our uh, least Worst. favorite houses. Yeah. Uh, of the past five year list, if we ever do that one day, but uh, all those houses, like I, I got the chance to see those in person, and then there was other houses that were represented that I might not have gotten to see the actual houses, but I had been able to experience sequels to the houses, like uh, Havoc's Do- Havoc Dogs of War was in in the monsters and mayhem house but i had got a chance to see havoc derailed a couple a couple years before and then like psychoscarapy was part of the monsters and mayhem house but that was also used as part of the scare zone that year so it was just it, it really gave me the best education and then also just had all these awesome characters being uh, put in throughout the house. Like this, it's where HHN bear came to shine during the, the, mm-hmm. um, the section with, um, with uh, Goldilocks and, and the three bears and having the, just a giant bear pop out at you and sometimes would kind of be dancing jack represented throughout the different years of his character and and being seen throughout they had the section with with some of the universal monsters as well too having frankenstein's monster and and the wolfman in there it just it had it had so much packed into into one house that i just i i I wish we could have seen some of the uh, what the anniversary offerings were going to happen in 2020 because I feel like it's the only thing that could have came to to replicating that feeling that I had walking through monsters in mayhem and I'm just I'm glad that I had the the chance to experience that because I'd still love HHN to this day without it but it helped me just understand the event as a whole more I. I I get it a lot more because of this house and and man it was long it was iconic and dang it was it was a good house. I wish I could remember it better. I only went through it that one time. But like I did some of these other houses more than once but that was the year I only went twice cuz it was like the beginning of this for me and that like I remember parts of it but I can't remember I was just so scared. Yeah. I remember and like that was really hard for me and I remember the tilted floor if nothing else. Mm-hmm. That's so and I remember Jack. I remember the part with Jack and like how he was present throughout the house and stuff. And like, it was, I, I, I do like, I like when anything celebrates the history of something like that. And that's one of those like beautiful things I think about Halloween Horror Nights is having these like houses that relate to other houses or pseudo sequels. And then like being, knowing that you've reached that level where you can see the Easter eggs and stuff like that. It's just, it's such a cool event to be like a part of, you know? I, 
I completely agree with you on that. And that's going to do it for this week's show. Please take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so yet, so I can publicly thank you for supporting us. If you don't follow us on YouTube, please make sure to subscribe to youtube.com slash disunplugged and youtube.com slash wdwinfo for Universal and Disney content. Anyways, thanks for joining me this week for the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you again soon for another episode. But until then, remember, we still haven't changed the name. 